0: Welcome to The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. On the north side of Commercial Street in Astoria, between 10th and 11th Streets, is a building housing the Beacon Clubhouse and Filling Empty Bellies. The two organizations are filling gaps in the community, meeting vital needs. But they serve and attract homeless people, and that has caused concern from some neighbors. To learn more about Beacon Clubhouse and Filling Empty Bellies, I talked with the couple that runs them. Aaron Carlson and Ozark Orak. We also heard occasional comments from their ten-month-old son. So the the two of you are running two complementary but separate organizations under the same roof. Can you can you tell me about each of them and 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 what you do? Maybe uh, Aaron, starting with you.
1: Okay. So um, I run the Beacon Clubhouse. The Beacon Clubhouse is a pretty specific. Um, very um, organized model, and it's for people with diagnosed mental illness, adults. Um, We are referral-based, so we take referrals from different agencies all over the county, um, mostly CBH, but also other private mental health professionals, treatment court, um, and other agencies. And once people become members in the Beacon Clubhouse, we're really oriented towards like work relationships. So members run every You know, part of the operations at the Beacon Clubhouse from cooking to cleaning to office work resources all of our special projects they're involved in making the meal um, that we serve to everybody. Um, We do one hot meal in the building a day. So um, members have the opportunity to get their food handlers cards and work in a commercial kitchen and build up resumes. Um, and then the goal is to place them in the workplace when they're ready and if they want to, or to just stay at the clubhouse and continue to learn skills that can, they can take out into the world with them, but also gain a community. Um, so in a nutshell, that's what the clubhouse is. And we have, a, we have lots of stuff going on all the time, you know, like special events and holidays. And we are really like a community or a family for people who, um, you know feel isolated by their their diagnosis and that could be anything from just generalized anxiety to schizophrenia so um ptsd we have veterans as a part of our program um so that's that's what's happening upstairs in the building and then ozark's running the downstairs drop-in center so i'll turn it over to him
2: okay. uh yeah i i run philly which is recently morphed to a to a uh, navigation center um and we Uh, provide a meal a day, we have a on-site laundry, Um, I have a television, I run uh, shows and movies all day long, we provide coffee and pastries, um, different donations from uh, um, some local businesses, uh, the Dodo Bakery, uh, the Blue Scorcher, um, the co-op donates to us three times a week, we have a VFW drop by with uh, Freddy's, Costco, and Safeway donations a few times a week. Um, and the things we, other things we provide, we have a fully functioning clothing closet. Um, uh, very soon, we'll, we're, we're going to be installing showers, and we will also become a warming center. So we're going to doing warming center overnight stays. Um, and uh, we provide uh, advocacy. advocacy um, if people need help um, applying for social security, uh, getting their, you know, food handlers card, getting their, uh, you know applying for jobs uh, we have a resource computer downstairs and a phone available as well fax um, and then also the uh liaisons uh, and uh the railroads uh from cdh oh, to cca yeah. come by and um hang out up front um, and just as a presence and then also to provide help to provide services in the harbor um, In advocates. the harbor i was getting to that yeah. on, on uh fridays the harbor um is making available uh, Zoom Zoom meetings uh, for anyone uh, who needs their who needs to utilize their services.
0: So people have been talking about sort of a daytime drop-in center in, in the community for a long time, and and that's actually what you are providing now, right? Uh, what, what hours are you open?
2: Uh, we are 9 to 4, Monday to Friday. When we first opened, I was running seven days a week, but uh, running the candle at, 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 at both ends just uh, it wasn't sustainable. So a couple months I did that, and then uh, now we're going to Friday and five, but eventually, uh, we do plan on expanding those days uh, and even the, uh, the hours uh, uh, when we're able to bring on more staff.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, with each of you, how how you came to this, how you came to be where you are now, and doing what you do. Um, Aaron, can you kind of tell us a little about your background and and how yeah. you how you came to this?
1: So um, I was raised in Glatsop County. I actually grew up in Cannon Beach. Um, And so, you know, after I went away for school, I I have um, an undergraduate degree from George Fox University and a a master's degree in sociology from Arizona State. And so I came up to Astoria and I started working at the Harbor Advocacy Center. Um, I think that was back in 2015. I, the dates are a little bit scattered in my brain, but. Um, during that time, I was the teen outreach specialist for, t- and I was going into high schools and working with teens that um, were survivors of, of dating violence and sexual assault. Um, and it was actually through the harbor that I connected with Corey Buck, who is the founder of Filling Empty Bellies. Um, I, I was working with a teenager who was looking for community service hours for her senior project. So I walked her down to the park to see if Corey would be willing to mentor her. Um, And that was my first introduction with Corey. And it was just like this overwhelming sense that that was where I needed to be. At that time, I was living in Cannon Beach. Well, I was actually living right outside of Cannon Beach and I was commuting to work. Um, But I decided that I wanted to pick up one day a week with Corey because she was doing it on her own. So she was serving lunch six days a week. And she said, you know, I could really use someone to pick up a Friday so I could have a day off. And I said, okay. (laughs) So I started cooking and driving up um, to Astoria and serving on Fridays. So, you know, as I got involved, it just, you know, it it was something that I felt a lot of passion for. It was something where it was like um, getting to know the people that I was serving lunch to and just seeing how real and just grassroots this this thing that Corey was doing was which just not something I had ever seen um, really before, especially in this area where she was just driving up with a trunk full of food and feeding people who were hungry, no questions asked, no paperwork. I mean, and there was just so much love um, yeah. that I felt there. So I um, ended up using um filling empty bellies to finish up my master's degree. It was my field work and my thesis. And then um, in 2018 I incorporated it to be a 501 on one C three. Um, before that it was kind of under the umbrella of another one and they had dissolved. And so filling empty bellies was in no man's land. And we were like, well, what do we do? So I was like, let's do it. Um, so we incorporated Corey and I ran it for a little bit together. And then Corey decided that she, you know, was going to retire from that work. So I ended up running it for a couple of years, um, from 2018 to 2020. And that's when I met Ozark and, um, I was doing a few other jobs while I was running it cause it was never a paid position. It was hundred percent right. volunteer. So I was teaching up at the college and, um, doing, you know, deep, I, was, I teach dance. So I was doing some different things in the, in the area for work. But, um, then I got hired by NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness back in 2020 to open the clubhouse. And that's, um, a model that they had in mind for Clatsop County. So when I took that project on, um, Ozark stepped up and said, I would, I would like to take over filling empty bellies i was like great so then he took it over and um it's his turn now <laughs> <laughs>
2: so i was born and raised in portland but i've been coming to my Plattex county a story here um, since i was born pretty much because i have a bunch of family members uh, here and uh, we were very involved um in their lives um but uh i i have lived experience i um I've owned three businesses. I've uh, um, been married and uh, about, you know, um, bouts of depression and, and been, been to jail more than, more times than I care to admit. I've uh, been to j- jail, to prison. Um, and About 2014, I think the first time I actually came here and I, I actually ate with Filling Empty Bellies um, with Corey, Corey Buck. Um, and so, I, yeah, I more, more, more more turmoil in my life for a little while there, just kind of not uh, with no direction. And about 2018, 19-ish, I decided to do something old, to do something different, you know? And um, I, met, I actually met Erin Buck and uh, she fed me uh, with filling empty bellies in 2017, 18-ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah i came here came back here uh when i actually enrolled in college and i was uh, I, in the merch program i'm actually about a term away from graduating there um but uh life happened. This, I, I i took on filling empty bellies and we have a 10 month old baby um, but yeah in 2020 june i um, hit the ground running as the executive director of filling empty bellies and decided that i was going to make sure that uh, aaron and corey's dream uh, was realized and uh, sourced a building, and you know, and and, and here we are, uh, uh, get, getting too big for our britches, <laughs> um, <laughs> and trying to do
0: the next next right thing. How are you funded? Where 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 does the funding come from for your two organizations?
1: Yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, um, the clubhouse was seeded by Nami Oregon, and um, Nami Oregon has a Clatsop County affiliate, so it's Nami Clatsop. And this, like I said, this was a project that they had dreamed of to have a clubhouse here. So they had some money and they, um, they gave um, the clubhouse a chunk of money to get started for that first year. And then I hit the ground running when I took on the position of director and I raised a lot of money. So we are funded um, through foundations. We've got a lot of grant foundations that support us, the Collins Foundation, Oregon Community Foundation, some smaller foundations like the Communicare, um, the Braemar, um, Oregon Health Authority supported us last year. We've got both hospitals that support the clubhouse, both Seaside Providence and Columbia Memorial Hospital for two years. Um, we've got individual donations. I just feel like I'm I'm going to forget someone and feel bad. The county has supported us with some small grants. Um, so that's that's where the clubhouse um, is coming in with our program, and then Filling Empty Bellies has a separate line of support. So I'll let Ozar talk about that.
2: So back in 2018, when Aaron and Corey incorporated Filling Empty Bellies, they started raising funds for the In Center uh, through fundraiser. Yeah, they started holding fundraisers and also a, a Facebook fundraiser. Um, so that when I took over in 2020, we you know we had. Probably twenty thousand in the bank somewhere in that neighborhood, and then I just continued on fundraising. We've had a few other um, small, small county grants. Um, Red Meyer uh, has supported us. In, in the neighborhood really ten thousand. Uh, Jordan's Hope dissolved and uh, gave us uh, their their the funds they had left, which was around six or seven, um, and then the rest is. All the awesome community support which we have, which uh, is isn't um, voiced as as much as the the few negative uh, opinions and uh, about filling empty bellies. Uh, I mean, we were able to pay um, a year of rent up front when we first came in here uh, with all the funds that we had raised. But up until just about when when we moved in here, we it really it was grassroots or, uh, fundraising and. Small, small donations. Um, uh, but, uh, the uneducated, uneducated economist actually did a fundraiser for us and raised like uh, ten thousand dollars in individual donations uh, in like a week. <laughs> in like a week for us. Um, I mean, our our grassroots, uh, you know, community support has just been awesome. Um, yeah, back when we were... were now we're writing for grants, and I mean, CPCCO has recently given us a large amount. Um, and uh, I believe they will continue to support us. The hospitals. Uh, I don't think we. we, we they. They. They definitely supported us. But uh, through, more support. through in
1: kind. Yeah. Cmh supplied us with food for a long time. Yeah. Back when we were serving out of our cars, it was really like Corey and I. Um, it was. It was month to month, week to week. You know, we were just. We were trying to just make enough money to pay for our food, um, and to to give our families, like Chris, like the families with kids to have give them a Christmas. Um, and then whatever extra we, we put aside and, and saved up for winter gear and for work gear for our participants to get work boots and things like that. So, um, I mean, it's been building now for what, six or seven years, and we've just been very incrementally saving up and trying to achieve this goal um, against currents, pretty strong currents at times, so.
0: Well, if somebody appreciates and supports what you're doing, uh, how how could someone be involved? How can they um, how can they donate if they wish to do that? Or do you have a need for people to volunteer for your organizations?
2: So, like Lifeboat Services, filling uh, empty bellies, the Drop-in Center. Um, we accept volunteers, and all that all the takes someone to come on down and fill out a, a volunteer application, and we'll go through it with them and see see where they might best fit um yeah we can we can just go from there um as far as monetary donations so we can you can either donate to the beacon clubhouse or the or filling empty bellies um and we we both have options for uh, don- donating on our web pages and uh, facebook uh, pages as well
1: so and you uh, volunteering and monetary support definitely but also just like I'm, I'm always just really encouraged by the support when people just will stop me on the street and say, hey, I just want to let you know that we support you. Um, or they'll send me an email. So even just kind of that, that vocal support, if people aren't in the position to give money or time, that, that actually goes a really long way, um, you know, or sharing our posts online um, and just avoiding avoiding it, the drama of whatever's going on but just just showing support vocally and just and making statements that support us i mean it's really important and it's good for our morale too it makes us want to keep doing what we're doing
0: you both you both have had experience uh, over time uh with with dealing on a very personal basis with people who are who are homeless um i'm what what does that look like from the other side i mean we 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 hear people who who are upset by 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 homeless people our our police chief says that there's almost no crime that's committed by homeless people against the rest of the population there are occasional disagreements amongst people who are are, are homeless mm-hmm. but there is a thing where if you see groups of guys particularly congregating, it makes some people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's been kind of what's happening downtown. But I, I guess I'm just curious, what does that feel like from the other side? What does yeah. that feel like from a person who is, who doesn't have a home and, and is the subject of that kind of dislike or discomfort? Can you, can you put words to that?
1: Well, I can put words to it from my observation and Ozark can put words to it from his actual experience. Um, My observation is that it it feels bad. (laughs) It feels bad to be surviving, trying to survive daily. I mean, and like I've said, you know, sleeping in below zero temperatures, not knowing where you're going to eat or if you're going to eat, not knowing what's going to happen the next day. And then to have somebody walk by you on the street and, and mumble under your breath you know, a profanity F you and then have to not respond. I mean, I I think that, you know, people kind of hold our houseless population to a standard that they really actually don't even hold the average citizen to, Um, you know, if the average citizen is standing under an awning to stay dry, that's usually not some, a concern. Um, If the average citizen doesn't greet you in the way that you wish to be greeted, that's usually not a concern um so I think that from my observation I think there's a lot of people that feel misunderstood um that feel you know looked at and stigmatized in a certain way and almost like how do they win how do they win if they greet them they're wrong if they don't greet the passerby they're wrong they respond to the passerby they're wrong and I mean this isn't to say there's there's obviously people with mental health crisis and that's a whole nother thing that we're talking about, you know, and I think people get that confused. Um, I know that, that there's this idea that, you know, that people in mental health crisis are choosing it or that they're, you know, purposely trying to go and, and behave in ways that are destroying people's lives. That's just not the case. You know, that's a really narrow version of it. So, um, you know, li- we live in a culture where people in mental health crisis are, are stigmatized and truly made fun of, you know, and um, looked at so poorly. And I think that that just even you know aggravates it further. But I mean, I'd, I'd like for Ozark to speak on what what that feels like to be to be stigmatized in that way um, without anybody knowing your real story. It, it feels pretty
2: shitty. Uh, it's I mean uh, to have someone look at you, look down upon you as if you're less less than them. You know, just because you don't have a home, I mean, because it, your 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 an action or your position in life doesn't define who you are. You know, uh, like I said, I've owned three businesses. I've been married. I've I've paid taxes. I've done, you know, I've, I I've done my part. I I've played my part in in society. You know, I I I you know, but I I had, I had I had trauma. I had. Uh, uh, You know, I I, I was depressed for quite some time. I I just had a lot of, you know, a lot of things that that I felt like I couldn't overcome, you know, and that's where a lot of, uh, um, that's where a lot of people out here on the streets, that's where they're at, you know, and and the sad thing is, is that a lot of people, a lot of them will will never come out of it. Um, We just don't have the systems in place in this country uh, um, for, for mental health. Um, and, and that's that, that's where I feel 90% of our houseless population is coming from a position of, uh, you know, they need mental health uh, uh, care. Um, you, you have to start to deal with, you know, to, to heal people's trauma uh, in, in order for them to be able to stop using drugs and stop drinking because they're doing those behaviors to self-medicate because they don't know what else to do, you know? But that, yeah, it's just... Uh, to, to have to have someone who was housed walk by you, and for me, it, would, it it didn't happen as often that that particular piece that people would walk by and actually see me as homeless if I were by myself. But hanging out with my other the other the other houseless uh, populants or or the other houseless people, uh, uh, um, then, then then I could feel it because it, most people really couldn't tell that I was that I was homeless uh, uh, often um you know because i i try to keep myself as clean as possible and, and you know so that i didn't look that way so that people wouldn't look at me in a certain type of way um you know it just it just, just it doesn't feel good it doesn't make you want to do anything better it doesn't make you want to be kind to the next housed person who's walking by who wants to flip you off and, and tell you to get a job you know <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of things that a lot of individual things that people don't take into account when they look and see someone in dirty clothes or with no shoes or you know doing odd things out on the street you know mental health is a, is a huge huge portion of this and if we don't we, we don't start to begin to to, to build some type of uh, a structure put some type of a structure in place to deal with mental health and uh, we're, we're not we're just going to keep one step forward two steps back
0: well, I've talked recently with uh, with Amy Baker from Classic Behavioral Health, and and she would agree with everything you just said about just not having enough resources to provide all the services that are that are needed. And it seems to me what what you and Aaron are doing with filling up empty bellies and Beacon Clubhouse is actually filling gaps in the services that we have.
2: Yeah. Yes. We we definitely believe that to, uh, you know, in our heart, we we, we believe that this is definitely, a, we're taking steps in the right direction with this. Uh, and we, we we want more and more people to get on board. Come on down. Uh, kind of schedule a tour with us. Come on, see, see what we're doing, you know. Even if you don't want to jump in, if you just want to know what's going on so that you can be educated on what you're saying out there to the public, to the rest of the people in our community, um, you know, then please, by all means, come on down. Let's talk about how we how we can all work together and, and to make positive change.
0: Oh, there give me an idea of what your typical day day is like. You're, you're open Monday through Friday. What, is, what does that look like every day?
2: I right, come on come on in in the morning and usually have folks waiting at my door and gre- greeting, greeting me with kind words and um, uh, how, how, how can we help you today um, to, to, to get open up, come on in make some coffee invite invite our guests in um you know turn on the heater get the get the cook pots uh, going gas gas range going just just plan out the the meal and usually i uh, uh it's on the fly with the planning because of our donation situation you, know, you you got stuff coming in you got to figure out how to use it how to, how to make it up and then, uh, and then i offer our participants um you know just basic needs uh, dry socks um, toothbrush, toothpaste. Uh, you know, obviously the laundry services that are available, hot coffee, hot tea. Um, you know, if they're hungry right then, go ahead and give them give them something to, to eat. Yeah. them over until our noon meal, um, and then just throughout the day, bring people through the clothing closet and and ask them what their needs are. You know, do, do you do you need help applying for social security? You need to find out where um how to get get a social security card or. ID or you know just what, whatever anyone anyone needs, we try to go ahead and uh, um, jump in there and help them out with it or guide them to services, CBH services or uh, CCA or even the harbor. And just wherever anyone's at, we provide uh, sleeping bags and tents and just kind of just, just kind of get a feel of where everyone's at and I'll try to check in with as many people as I can throughout the day, as many of our participants to make sure that, you know try to try to alleviate some of the stress that they're under being out there on the streets. Yeah, and that's and that's what it's about. I mean, we uh, we have a we have a vision um, for housing um, for both both of our programs. Beacon uh, Clubhouse uh, is based on an international model, which that is actually a part of a lot of their a lot of Clubhouses is to have a housing available to members. Um, but then filling empty the bellies also um, we envision um, sourcing some type of a low cost, low barrier. Um, Housing, uh, transitional to help people you know, get 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 through the little rough space where you know they, they can't necessarily just. It, it's hard to expect someone to just stop using or or using their drug or choice or, out al- alcohol, um, you know, right on the fly, just to get them into housing, and that's that's part of where, the wheels kind of stop turning for a lot of the house pop- houseless population, because um, it just it's not. It, it, they're either just not willing or it's just too hard for them. You know, they, 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 got, they got to be able to lay their head in a dry, warm, safe space. And then they can go ahead and start thinking about, okay, well, maybe I should go to therapy. Maybe I should go to um, drug and alcohol meetings. Maybe, you know, but it's, it's, it's housing first.
1: Yeah, so the Beacon Clubhouse, like I said, our members, they, ha- they engage in all the operations. So we open also at 9 And I usually have members here. Um, I have an employee, um, our staff generalist. So um, he's here as well. And we start making the coffee, getting breakfast food out, um, planning our day. We have a really big, like, work board so in the morning it's just like a one whole wall has a whiteboard on it and we we map out our day and people check in the members check in they give me their personal goal for personal improvement for that day and then they sign up for the jobs that they're going to do at the clubhouse um, and then if they have any other kinds of jobs they have a lot of our members come because they're, they're really working on trying to get to the next steps so whether it's job applications housing applications school applications Um, you know just keeping up with their insurance paperwork things like that so um, and we have a very structured day so uh, members jump in and they start preparing for the daily meal Um, so they're prepping for food Um, we have a couple of artists and gardeners that come and so they're working on on our little window greenhouse and they're also working on a really big mural right now um, on our wall so um, the artists jump into their projects I mean it's just like we're We're moving, you know, we're moving a lot and working and just relating to one another and and um, building a community.
0: Well, thank you for what you do. And Ozark, thank you for what you do. And I appreciate you talking with us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Roger. We really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us and find out what we're doing over here.
0: We've been talking with Aaron Carlson, who runs Beacon Clubhouse and Ozark Orak, who heads up Feeding Empty Bellies. And that's the human beat for this month. I'm Roger Rocca. Thanks for listening.